Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 598 for release on Sunday, August 9th, 2020. On WaveScan today, an American radio station in Australia protected as a heritage site. We'll have more from Rudy Espinal in the Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic and our Philippine DX report from Henry Umarhai. An interesting item of news in an Australian newspaper informs us that an important American radio building in Australia has been listed as an official heritage site, and it is thus protected as a significant item of radio history from the era of World War II in the Pacific. This radio station building was the receiver base for the most important American radio station in the entire South Pacific in the middle of last century. Our regular contributor here on Wayscan, Ray Robinson, Vice President of Operations for shortwave station KVOH in Los Angeles, California, alerted us to this significant information about the important American radio station that was on the air in Australia back nearly three quarters of a century ago. Well, this is the story, or at least the first part of the story in our program today. We plan to ultimately look at the five different interrelated American radio stations around the city of Brisbane, the capital city of the Australian state of Queensland. In our program today, Ray looks at the first three of these locations. Thanks, Jeff. The first location is the AMP building in Brisbane. This was the communication headquarters for station WVJJ and later WTO. It was on Sunday, March the 22nd, 1942, that General Douglas MacArthur and his official party arrived in Melbourne, the state capital of Victoria, Australia, at the end of a hazardous journey from the Philippines. He established his communication headquarters at the Royal Australian Air Force, the RAAF Aerodrome, at Laverton, a dozen miles southwest of Melbourne, under the American call sign WTJJ. Four months later, on July the 20th, 1942, MacArthur transferred from Melbourne to Brisbane, and he took over the entire eight-year-old, nine-storey-high AMP, or Australian Mutual Providence Society building, on the northeast corner of Queen and Edward Streets as operational headquarters for American Armed Forces in the Southwest Pacific area, the SWPA. The reinforced concrete roof on the strong AMP building added a mantle of safety if enemy bombers chose to attack the location. An international communication centre was installed in the basement of the AMP building, and this underground location then served as the operational headquarters for the South West Pacific. This new communication centre in Brisbane under the American call sign WVJJ replaced station WTJJ at the previous communication centre in Melbourne. All American radio circuits throughout the entire South Pacific in 1942 now terminated at station WVJJ in the basement of the AMP building in Brisbane. A subsequent call sign for the Brisbane headquarters in the AMP basement was WTO. 
The second location we're looking at is Somerville House in South Brisbane, which was both a transmitter and receiver station. The very ornate Somerville House at 17 Graham Street in South Brisbane was constructed in 1890 as a private dwelling by the widowed Anne Stevens. Her late husband had been a prominent and successful businessman, and also Lord Mayor of the City of Brisbane. Thirty years later, an elite educational institution, the Brisbane High School for Girls, purchased Somerville House, which they've held ever since. On Saturday, January 24, 1942, a contingent of Australian Army officials visited Somerville House and examined the possibility of taking it over for use by Army leadership. On Sunday of the following weekend, February 1st, 1942, the Australian Army commandeered Somerville House and the entire school system was transferred into several different locations nearby. Four months later, on June 24th, 1942, American Army personnel occupied the building, part of which was taken into use for a communication radio station. A prominent room in the middle of the second floor became an office for the radio station. Morse code operation was conducted in a top floor room in the extreme right wing and the shortwave transmitter was installed on the ground floor of the right wing at the back of the building. There was just one shortwave transmitter in use at Somerville House, an American-made 1 kilowatt Federal model BC399 for communication with Army Headquarters at station WVJM in Grace Building in Sydney. Regular communication with the American Army station WVJL at Townsville in North Queensland was maintained via the Australian telephone system with the use of an Army-made TG5 telegraph set. American Army personnel occupied Somerville House for two and a half years, and most were transferred up north by the end of the year 1944. However, some Americans were still on duty in Somerville House when the girls' school resumed classes at this location in February of the next year, 1945. The third location is the transmitter station, which was installed at the Redland Bay Golf Course. At the same time as the American communication station was under development in Somerville House in South Brisbane, another American transmitter station was being developed on the golf course at coastal Redland Bay, some 20 miles southeast of Brisbane. The golf course was on the north side of North Street, and a banana and papaya orchard was on the south side. In May 1942, the first shortwave transmitter at Redland Bay was also a 1 kilowatt Federal Model BC399, and initially it was installed in a tent. Soon afterwards, though, the golf course clubhouse was taken over, and then all radio operations were conducted indoors. At this location, a total of five rhombic antennas at approximately 70 feet high were installed. In order to maintain 24-hour operation, usually 10 army personnel were on duty during each shift. So, in summary, this far we've presented the story of three American radio station facilities in the Brisbane area during the Pacific War, all of which, combined and interconnected, made up the American station with the American call sign WVJJ and later WTO. These were all in functional use during the pivotal years running from 1942 to 1945. 
The MacArthur Communication Facility in the basement of the AMP building in Brisbane is now featured in the MacArthur Museum on the 8th floor of the same building. In addition, a very modern MacArthur Central Shopping Centre, made up of four levels of popular and elite shops, covers almost an entire city block. The American-occupied Somerville House, with its shortwave communication transmitter, is now honoured with a permanent listing on the Queensland Heritage Register, which thus acknowledges and protects the building because of its historic and cultural value. A new clubhouse was constructed on the grounds of the Redland Golf Course a dozen years ago, though the old building which housed the American shortwave transmitter during the Pacific War is still standing. As the history of their club tells us, they were honoured with their American involvement back in the middle of the last century. And we'll have more about this highly significant American shortwave station here in Wavescan next week. For now, back to you, Jeff. Thank you very much, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. And Ray sends us an important note here. He says this is to let you know that with, uh, with effect from August 2nd, Voice of Hope Africa is resuming its evening broadcasts from Zambia. And Wavescan will now be heard at 1800 UTC, which is 2000 local time in Zambia, on Sundays on 4965 and 6065 kilohertz. Again, that's 1800 UTC Sunday on two frequencies, 4965 and 6065 kilohertz. Ray says this may actually provide better opportunities for DXers in Europe to hear the program on 6065 kilohertz, which will be on their 315 degree beam, primarily towards West Africa. And Ray says that the uh, broadcast of Wavescan on KVOH from Los Angeles at 1500 UTC Saturdays on 17775 kilohertz remains unchanged. That's Wavescan, 1500 UTC Saturday on 17775 kilohertz. This is Radio Clarinet. 11.7 megahertz on the international shortwave band of 25 meters and 4,850 kilohertz and the tropical shortwave band of 60 meters broadcasting from Santo Domingo, gateway of the first civilization to the new world. Last week on Wavescan, we aired the first part of the keynote speech at the 1979 convention of ANARC, the Association of North American Radio Clubs. The meeting took place in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and that keynote speech was given by Rudy Espinal, host of the This is Santo Domingo program on Radio Clarín in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. Rudy was giving his personal background in radio and related subjects. Today... Here's part two. Um, uh, well, that experience uh, probably was the buck that uh, got me, got into my blood, uh, you know, speaking to people and then uh, uh, people reporting back to you what they heard on the, on the radio. Uh, I got involved in the youth broadcast in Curaçao in the Netherlands Antilles. That was uh, an organization of uh, all the schools. All the schools would gather once a week on Wednesdays 
to make up a program specially directed to the uh, uh, student audience. Uh, after working for four months uh, uh, in all aspects of that of programming that youth broadcast, I was uh, appointed the director of that youth broadcast, and that went on for about a year and a half, uh, which was the remaining years I was in Santa Domingo in uh, Curacao. And there I had some beautiful experience, too, of uh, what a radio station looked like, uh, what programming is all about, uh, what uh, modulation was, uh, what that little uh, uh, thing that went uh, uh, left and right when you talked to uh, men, uh, and all those kinds that, uh, kind of things that you learn being in a radio station. And then getting feedback. I, I, I loved that, uh, you know, people commenting on the program and so on. And trying to uh, improve the broadcasting of the youth broadcast. Uh, I also, uh, uh, before that, I had some experience in a radio station. My uh, father ran a program for the Dominican people in Curacao, which was La Hora Dominicana, the Dominican Hour where I was also involved uh, once in a while or as uh, uh, reading poems or uh, just playing a kid in a novel or something like that. So my uh, involvement in radio was, uh, came at a quite early age. From Curacao, my father was transferred to Beirut, Lebanon as an ambassador and from Curacao I went over to Beirut. Um, I couldn't say I had any uh, radio experience in Beirut. I went there to high school and then to college. And I got back in Santo Domingo in 1963. One advantage that I took of being in Beirut was uh, polishing my French, of which I was, uh, in which I was very, very bad. At school, where we had uh, four basic languages, Dutch, which was the main language, uh, Papiamento, which was the language of, or is the language of the Netherlands Antilles. Um, back at school in uh, English, uh, French, Spanish, or German. So by the age of 15, I was uh, able to speak pretty well some four, five languages. By the time I got to Beirut, I added one more language, uh, which was Arabic. And... Uh, before going into school, I had to wait for about six months, and I uh, loved languages, so I studied some uh, Russian and Italian. And uh, when I got to school, I was uh, looked up to like a kind of genius, uh, talking eight languages, you know, <laughs> was uh, unheard of. So uh, back, okay, we uh, left Beirut, came back to Santo Domingo, and uh, the first thing I did was uh, look around for a station where I could put up a program. So I went up to Radio Meal, which uh, some of you have uh, probably heard on shortwave, uh, which was at the time the most popular and still is the most popular uh, AM station in the Dominican Republic, and uh, uh, started hanging around, uh, helping out. I uh, introduced for the first time uh, uh, recorded news, that is uh, uh, news with the voice of somebody. Uh, being actually played back on the air on a very, uh, the most popular uh, newscast in the Dominican Republic at Radio Meal, and that was a very nice first, uh, which was copied by many other stations then and is still being used. Um, uh, I've uh, 
broadcasted, or I uh, put up the first English broadcast in the Dominican Republic, which was uh, on Sunday nights from 8 until 12 o'clock for delicious hours that I spent as a, uh, I would put it as a disc jockey, uh, actually, but on a very familiar mood. Uh, putting international songs, uh, I introduced uh, the uh, French, well, the European singers mainly. Uh, I happened to introduce them to the Dominican public, and that caught on. Uh, most of the romantic singers of the time from the United States uh, were played on that program. And it was kind of a romantic program, uh, just to uh, lullaby you to sleep on Sunday nights after uh, a very uh, uh, active weekend. So um, uh, Sleepwalk was uh, the name of the program, caught on and uh, came to be the first program in the Dominican Republic to attain a 90% a radio audience rating. Uh, and that was just uh, the beginning. So uh, when I started my program, I just started just like what my style is up to now, uh, very informal, uh, made many, many, many mistakes because when I got back, I had lost most of my Spanish, so I uh, made uh, some heavy mistakes, as I usually do in English. Uh, I did in Spanish, uh, wrong pronunciations and so on. And the people liked that. I mean, it was nice uh, hearing a different voice, you know, and uh, hearing people making mistakes after so many, many years of no mistakes on the air. The uh, director of the station came back to me after my first program and said, uh, Rudy, I'm sorry, I, um, I should have uh, heard you before you went on the air, but um, your style, um, uh, you're out of style. I said, well, Mr. Maxwell, uh, I just uh, feel like it. I mean, that's my feeling. That's the way I, 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 I feel at ease uh, doing the program. He says, no, no, no. Uh, first of all, you have to start, start to educate your voice. and." Uh, talk from the bottom of your uh, uh, breast, you see. Uh, whenever you get that heavy voice on the ear, then uh, that's when you're really getting true to the public. So I said, well, I don't think I can go <laughs> very loud with <laughs> and not for four hours. Um, so he says, okay, well, anyways, it's a dead time, uh, Sunday night, so uh, keep on with your program. And uh, it's in English anyways, nobody will listen to it anyway. So, uh, all right. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, the program developed to a 90% uh, audience, uh, audience rating, and that was nice. Um, people uh, liked that informal style, and uh, I said, well, I'll stick to that. From uh, Radio Mill, uh, well, in 1965, we had some kind of revolution in the Dominican Republic, and of course, uh, English was taboo. There was a, uh, an American intervention in the Dominican Republic, and everything that smelled English was, uh, you know, uh, CIA, FBI, uh, those kind of things. Um, so uh, I had to switch my program from English to Spanish. And uh, it maintained the same rhythm, the same type of music, the same uh, style, and it maintained its own uh, public to the extent that uh, more programs came on on Sunday nights uh, with that same style of uh, programming. From there I went to Radio Universal. I started a program. Well, in 1965, when I started in Spanish, I, uh, um, the director came in and said, Rudy, from now on, you'll be paid for your program. That means I worked for free for about three years uh, for the station. 
and I really uh, enjoyed it very much. When I went over to Radio Universal to make a program there, which was called uh, uh, Europa Musical, Musical Europe, where I specialize in putting, putting uh, European singers, the director of Radio Mill uh, said he couldn't afford to have me as uh, to share my time with another station. I had to be exclusive. Uh, he wouldn't like. Uh, he was not willing to pay exclusivity. So I said, "Well, I just uh, walk away and go to Radio Universal." <clears throat> At that station, I carried out that program. I uh, carried out another program early in the mornings, uh, which was uh, uh, morning uh, Dominican uh, Universal morning in the same style, this program, Musical Europe, and then I had uh, the first English news broadcast in the Dominican Republic uh, on radio. Uh, after that, I went into TV uh, with an experience as a TV host for a, a, a program called The Block for the School. Went also with a newscast on television, on Radio Televisión Dominicana, as a television sending. Uh, had a program as a movie commentator and from there I got involved with uh, Columbia Pictures uh, was uh, taken in as a trainee and then uh, turned into manager for Columbia Pictures in Santo Domingo from there transferred to Caracas where I uh, cut my relations with radio from Caracas to Brazil where I lived for uh, another two years from Brazil to uh, Holland where I lived for another two years and, and Italy. That was well-known shortwave radio announcer Rudy Espinal of Radio Clarine in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. He was speaking at the 1979 Anarch Radio Convention in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Thanks very much to our friend Tom Gavaris in Minneapolis for sending us this historic recording. I was privileged to have taken part in that convention, so it brings back a lot of good memories for me. And incidentally, Radio Clarine's shortwave transmitter was in later years purchased by Radio Miami International, and it was on the air for many years at WRMI's old transmitter site in Miami. We'll hear part three of Rudy's speech on the next edition of WaveScan. But right now, it's off to the Philippines. Here's Henry Amadai. Hello, everyone, to our dear shortwave listeners, wherever you are. Welcome to the August 9th edition of the Philippine DX. This is report number 161. I'm Henry Umatay in Bacolod City, Negros Occidental Central Philippines. Glad to be back and thank you for listening. For some news, Philippine biggest TV network, ABS-CBN Broadcasting Corporation, loses at 25 years New license after lawmakers deny franchise bid. The company's main television and radio station had been shut down since May 2020 when its franchise lapse affected were 47 free-to-air television stations, 16 UHF stations, 4 AM radio station, and 17 FM radio station all over the country. I would like to thank our DXR friends for sending their reports most recently, Mr. Rafael Rodriguez in Bogota, Colombia, Jose Jacob in Hyderabad, India, Shebendi Pole in West Bengal, India, Eckhard Rocher in Dissau, Germany, Konstantin Barkansov in St. Petersburg in Russia, Dmitry Kotosov in Ryazan, Russia, Anatoly Klefov in Moscow, Russia, Zach Alvarez in Das Marias, Cavite, here in the Philippines, and Mr. Richard Lemke in Alberta, Canada. To all of you, thank you, 
very much. Reception lags for July 2020. July 5, Radio Japan on 9560. In addition, from Guam at 2255, SIO444. July 5, NHK Radio Japan on 13680. In Japanese, from Yamata at 2209, SIO333. July 5, Adventist World Radio on 11955. In addition, from Agat Guam at 2250, SIO555. July 12, NHK Radio Japan on 15280. In Japanese, from Yamata at 30 SIO4. For July 12, China Radio International on 15135 in Malay from Kunming at 1025 SIO 433. July 19, KTWR on 11965 in Indonesian from Guam at 1027 SIO 340. July 19, BBC World Service on 11945 in English at 1034 SIO 555. July 19, KNLS New Life Station. On 9580 in English from Anchor Point at 1047 SIO555. July 26, Radio Taiwan International on 12100 in English and Indonesian from Tainan at 1123 SIO555. July 26, China Radio International on 12070 in Filipino from Shan at 1141 SIO555. July 26, Voice of Korea on 11735 in Korean from Kuchang. At 12.02, SIO 3.33. July 24, Voice of America on 12.030 in English. At 11.43, SIO 5.55. And July 26, Radio Thailand World Service on 9.390 in English. Pramodantani at 12.50, SIO 5.55. Send us your comments, suggestions, reception logs, and informations to PilipinasDX at Chiahoo.com. That's P-I-L-I-P-I-N-S-D-X for PilipinasDX at Chiahoo.com. This has been Henry Omaday for Wayscan in Bacolod City, Negros Occidental Central Philippines. Sa mabuhay at maraming salamat po. Thank you very much, Henry. Merengue Ella era la más buena morra And we end today with merengue music from the Dominican Republic. This is actually recorded off the air in 1978 from Radio Clarine in Santo Domingo. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, an American radio station in Australia, protected as a heritage site, part two. We'll also go back and have more from Rudy Espinal in Santo Domingo and our Bangladesh DX report as well. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reports for the program to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand. Stay tuned for that. And also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy, or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in the program. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSLs is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O.
O-N-G. Bangkok 10110, Thailand. That's Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong. Bangkok 10110, Thailand. The email address for other correspondence to Wavescan is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida, USA. Till next week, good listening, everyone.